My name is Danielle McLaughlin. I'm the author of The Art of Footbinding. My name is Donna Anita Nicolaisen and I'm the narrator. My name is Katrina Ennis and I'm playing the role of Becky. My name is Fiona Bell and I'm playing her mother Janice. My name is Peter Daly. I am giving voice to the footbinding manual. In this story, we have a troubled relationship between a mother and daughter, between Janice and Becky. And Janice's relationship with her husband, Philip, is also in a bad way. And we see Becky taking on a practice of footbinding that she has learned about in school, in history class and She is now carrying out at home using her mother's good sheets, which only adds to the conflict between mother and daughter. And while this is playing out, we see just how troubled the marriage between Janice and Philip is. Janice doesn't seem to be able to take the steps necessary to improve her situation or to extricate herself from this relationship. There have been things in the past that are making life difficult now and everybody's reacting in a different way. But you've got this unusual strand running through it in that the teenage daughter has learned about foot binding and in some move to try and maybe provoke a reaction or understand things better herself or as she says herself to empathise better she started to actually bind her own feet Uh, and throughout it then I'm the one giving the instruction on how you would actually do that. The main emotion that I feel running through it is a kind of a, a sadness and everybody being a little bit misunderstood and also things in the house always breaking down or, you know, the crab apples not being harvested or the back door not being fixed so the rain comes in. It's like a metaphor for little things in their relationships that don't get fixed but get endured and then evolve into something else. But the core somehow doesn't get fixed. Janice is trying to cope with quite an unhappy marriage. Her husband has been unfaithful and but I don't think it's a kind of um, a spoken about situation. So she has made a decision to keep quiet about it. And I suppose ultimately it's how that, that secrecy impacts on her daughter. Becky is a young teenage girl who is, I suppose, going through her awkward teenage years. It reminded me of being a teenager, I have to say. There was bits of it I you know, was reading and I was thinking of my own those ages where you just are trying to figure out who you are, what you are, what your relationship with the world is and how often the people that you love dearest are are the people who get the brunt of your anger. Footbinding was a practice that was carried out for over a thousand years. It was something that caused horrendous pain and suffering for women. And it took place within a system, within a power structure that was dominated by men and which served the interests of men. And at the same time, it was women who were required to break the bones of these young girls, to wrap the bandages. So it was a practice that women carried out on other women, but to serve this system that was really against them and that was in no way in their best interests. And yet this was 
what they were trained to carry out and to observe. So I was also interested in the universality of it. I think there's something in the story as well that connects to what's going on at the moment for women around the world because it's basically a mother passing on how to be secret, Mm. how to be secretive, how to keep quiet about the injustices in her marriage and then that beside the act of the foot binding that it's so ugly and so painful but it's done with this supposed to be like feminine secrecy and feminine allure which is all just nonsense. The practice of foot binding was a way of controlling and restraining women. It made it very difficult for women to walk with any speed. So they were confined in where they went. It was also a way of making women into a status symbol for men because if a man married a woman who had bound feet, well then that was an indicator of status. It was something that caused dreadful pain and was very difficult to undo afterwards because when or if bandages were unwound, the pain of the bones moving back or attempting to move back into their original position caused dreadful pain. And sometimes the pain of the bones awakening to what they had been was too much for a woman to endure. And I was interested in that idea that for Janice, perhaps she has been so long in a bad relationship that she feels that perhaps that it is too difficult. She can't see a way of bringing about change in a way that will be bearable for her. You have the benefit of a narrator who's giving you an inside track on perhaps stuff that you mightn't be aware of otherwise. And you see this married lady and she's obviously in a huge amount of pain. Uh, And the story itself describes that very well. You, You go along that journey with her and she's you know, she's both sad and angry at different times and she does lash out and you can empathise with that. Yeah, it's a beautiful story and, and towards the end as she's kind of looking out the window and there's rain pouring, you really, your heart is broken for the whole family, to be honest. I suppose I came to writing relatively late in that I didn't have any fiction at all published until I was into my 40s. I had been practising as a solicitor for years and I was very happy working in law, I found it very creative. And of course, it does have a lot of similarities with writing, the the focus on words, on language, on nuances of language, on drafting to deadlines and, and all the stories in law. So I hadn't planned to change careers, but I became very ill very subtly in 2009. And I had to stop working. And while I was ill, I started writing and I haven't gone back since to legal practice. Writing took off for me and it, I suppose it, it consumed me in a way. I became quite obsessed with writing short stories and that's what I've been doing since. I've been doing a bit of TV recently. Um, I just finished um quite a fun thing it was a Hallmark movie called Royally Ever After it's an American for the American channel it's this uh, 
kind of quite simple storyline of, you know, boy meets girl um, and the boy turns out to be a prince. So it's to coincide with the royal wedding coming out. Uh, so we all went off down to Sligo to film that in a castle. And that was a hoot. And apart from that, I was, I was also doing a, a TV gig um, in Scotland last year. I got to go home and I got to go to the Shetland Islands to do um, Shetland, the crime drama. It's just been shown. And it was great because I got to play the murderer along with Sean McGinley, who was my uh, lover and other murderer. <laughs> and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> I've actually recently just done Ulysses in the Abbey and I'm about to do it again. It's an adaptation of Ulysses by Dermot Bulger. It's coming up in this June and July in celebration of Bloomsday. It's a really fun show. I play 16 characters, a lot of running around, a lot of, oh, there's puppets, there's music, there's singing. Yeah, it's a brilliant show. That's a good question. What are the characters I play? So I play Millie, which is Bloom's daughter. Martha, which is the lady that he's writing to on the sly. Uh, School children. There's a couple of men in there as well, which was so much fun to play. A lot of people said, I can't believe women could play men. I said, yeah. Yeah, we can play men. Um, Very recently, I wrote a play called Money, which was a one-man show that I performed myself during This Is Pop Baby's festival where we live. It was just a few months ago. uh, And we're hoping that it'll be on again. And it was my real-life story, my real-life journey through money, and at the same time telling the story of the boom, the bubble and the bust. Obviously, I drew on the fact that I qualified as an accountant many, many years ago. And to be honest, I still rely on accountancy work just to keep me going, just to keep the wolf from the door. So for me, it was a huge challenge just to get all of the words from the page up into my head. And we also built in a little safety valve for ourselves. If I got to a point in the play where I just had no idea what was next and it did happen, I could call to the stage manager and say, what's next, Mary? And she would jump right out with the line. And that became part of the show and people really enjoyed it because it felt like it was as frenetic as the boom bubble crash that I was trying to describe. The first of my longer short stories was Night of the Silver Fox and that was published by the Stinging Fly magazine in 2012 and I had another longer short story published at the end of that year, a story called A Different Country. And it was shortly after that that Declan Mead at The Stinging Fly asked if I would be interested in working towards a collection. And of course I was. It was a collection that was a long time in the making and it's called Dinosaurs on Other Planets. That title comes from a question that my youngest child asked me one night when I was putting him to bed. He said, are there dinosaurs on other planets? And that stayed in my head for a while until it joined up with an image and eventually became a story. And I'm absolutely delighted that dinosaurs on other planets is is out there in the world. An experience I had over the last few years that I thoroughly enjoyed and absolutely was terrified by, I stepped into Druid Shakespeare. Um, One of the actors in it um, had to step out of it towards the end of the run. So I stepped in for the last two weeks in Kilkenny. So effectively, I'd seen the show. I'd seen it as a punter before I even knew I was going to be part of it. Then I got a call from Gary Hines, which I was thrilled about. And she asked me would I would be up for the challenge of stepping in. So I learned, I came to see the show again. I took down who went where, where the characters I would be playing uh, moved throughout the seven-hour piece.
piece and I went off and learned them in isolation and then I met the rest of the cast when they came back from America and I just stepped into it I literally stepped into it we had a three hour tech for a six hour show so we didn't even tech everything the day before the first show that I performed in and then we did it that night to about 550 people including the president Michael D Higgins and that was a white knuckle ride that I will never ever forget and it was amazing I do think the short story has opportunities maybe that aren't present in other forms. I think because we're asking the reader to stay with us for a shorter time uh, over a shorter length of text that we can then perhaps ask more of the reader so we can perhaps challenge the reader over a shorter space of text in a way that the reader might rightly object if we challenged them over 100,000 words, for example. So I do think there is an intensity to the short story and there are opportunities for presenting challenges to the reader, I think, that maybe aren't there in the same way in, in longer forms. That was writer Danielle McLaughlin with actors Donna Anita Nicolaisen, Peter Daly, Katrina Ennis and Fiona Bell discussing the radio version of The Art of Footbinding, next week's Drama on One. And that edition of In the Wings was produced by Kevin Brew. rta.ie forward slash drama on one.